white vault, the Luca. Thank you for waiting, Dr. Murray. Please, come on in and take a seat. Thank you for letting me sit in. Can I get you anything to drink? Tea? Coffee? Uh, coffee, please. Cream or sugar? No, thank you. Black is perfect. There has been some confusion... We did not think you would want to sit in on this, as you said. But I think it will be helpful in the end. Now, Dr. Murray. (laughs) Any relation to Sir John Murray, it would seem fitting. No. Just a coincidence. Seems so, but... I need to have the whole of the account on record regarding the events of the Shift in Oceanic Institute research vessel Leluca. I will be writing up the report which will be included along with your information, and I have many of the recordings here for examination. This is out of the ordinary, having you here, so please try not to disrupt the session unless I post questions directly to you. I am sure by now you have heard and seen these records before. Most of them. Have you listened to or watched anything yet? Not as of yet. My team already listened to every collected recording, so they only sent over those recordings they deemed necessary to our purposes. We know there were a lot of personal recordings among the crew, so please understand that these are being reviewed as a necessity for understanding. I understand. May I? Of course. The files are sorted in chronological order, so just hit play when you are ready. Preparation check for sediment core drill number 7 for the RVE Luca. Date March 2nd, time of prep 10.32am. Current location approximately 62.2 degrees south, 158.4 degrees east. Exact drop location to be recorded at time of core sampling. Charlie, can you check the line? Using update deployment platform, and the number one articulating knuckle boom crane, an additional launch and recovery system for deployment and retrieval of viber coring system. Depth to be cored approximately 1,250 meters. Equipment to be dropped. Um, here, a G2006 meter viper coring system attached and plugged. Dr. Murray, is everything ready for launch on your end? Was Alex Lai? Yes, the RV Luca crane technician and deck specialist. Good. Let's continue. I don't think so. For the camera, certainly. What's going on? Alex did something rather impressive, but we can't get her to do it again. <laughs> and you won't. Hi, Dr. Murray. There are a few things I wanted to run by you in the scans and preparations for the coring. What do you have? Let's see. I'm just worried about the positioning. We have a few rocky sections, and the chosen landing section here, at nearly 1,250 metres, is on a slight slope. And right 
there, we have a quick drop at about 2,000 metres. The core is rated for down to 2,000 metres. If we need to readjust for depth of positioning, we have some leeway. That grade of a slope won't create an issue, but we need to stay within this area here. Otherwise, the drop will go beyond the operational range. You're right about the drop, but right there? That's our main issue. Drops to about 2,500. But we don't plan to get that far off target, and we never have. Otherwise, we have little to fret over. If you still have some worries, we can run scans right before or during launch, when adjust as needed. Is the wet lab ready? We're going to take water samples afterwards. I'll be processing them later today. Yes, Dr. Flores, everything is ready, and the catalogues for the last samples are done, finally. Then sit down and have a coffee. The work begins again soon enough. If you excuse me, I need to go ask Marco a question or two. See you on deck. Also, if you see Charlie, send them up. <laughs> Thanks for the entertainment. Thanks for the coffee. The stuff the research crew brings is always better than the sludge the crew pulls out. Sediment core draw number seven. Launch issue encountered. Time on day two. Like, sort of, yeah. March 2nd at 13.45 local time. Right there. Franco, you were right. Not the depth, but about these rocks. You're not so close on my initial scan. What did we miss? Should I halt the car? Yes, stop it before we hit the rocks. What is that? On the video monitor? It's sideways. Shit, it must have hit something already. That, there. We're at, uh... 1,231 meters. I think that uh, that color there is the ground. And here, something is lodging the stabilizing legs. Some kind of um, rock protrusion. We should be able to pull it back up and reposition. Alex, start the recovery. We'll need to fix it and move it. Right. We're not reading 135 kilograms for the cover anymore. Seems whatever we landed on got stuck to the legs. Or we'll double the weight. Can we recover the bivrocorer or not? Yes, we will draw it up to 20 meters or so. Keep it in water weight. And if we need to, I'll attach another line. We can even dive to remove the ballast weight for separate recovery, if needed. Charlie, can you start the prep on the next line? And tell Cap what's happening. We may be here a bit. <sighs> of course, yes. Seems we may be here a while, Captain. The equipment got snagged. The docks will keep you updated. Understood, but... If I hear scratching, someone's going to go over the side to paint my ship. Now, Dr. Murray, we have the subsea monitoring video from the Vibrocore's descent. I am not well versed in this. Can you explain what's happening here? I can try. Hit play. This is the descent. Here, that's the depth counter. This is the initial launch. Nothing happens of note until 1,200 metres. Can I fast forward? Yes. This is midway through. About 600 metres. So, here we're approaching 1,200 metres, getting close to the target depth. You can see two of the stabilising legs in the video. The other is on the other side of the core frame and barrels. You can make it out through the frame... That on the left is the switch box. It was thankfully undamaged. May have been better if it had been. But here, 1,225 meters. There. Those dark sections and collision. So at this point, the core has struck the unintended object. 
and the camera was knocked sideways. The Cora was supposed to descend another three meters and slightly south to land on the ocean floor, but just uphill and north of the selected position was a formation of rock we had not seen on the scans. That's when outcroppings got stuck in the stabilizing legs, which you can almost see here at the edge of the video. This is when we deemed that the Cora was unable to make a safe and viable landing for coring. Is that what you wanted to know? For now. I have some notes here from my team. And what does that mean? Here's what it all turns to shit. <sighs> Sounds just about right. What's next? Another underwater video recording. From a different camera, it seems. Yes. We dropped another camera. One we could control, as the other was affixed to the Cora. Should I fast forward again? No, we'd already begun to pull the Cora back up at the time, so it didn't take long to reach it after deployment. There, see, it moves quickly. Oscar was piloting it. You can almost see how the object had latched on. Uh, pause here. It's still covered in ocean debris at this point, but if you look there, you can see the protrusions that get lodged into the legs, like hooked around them. Not something we could dislodge without proper care to prevent further damage to the vibracora. It doesn't look like a rock. They really didn't tell you anything going into this. It was around this time, with this new visual feed on the Cora, that Alex suited up for her drive. That should be your next file, if your team included it. I think they did. All set, line attachment ready. Depth only 20, and we've got eyes on the vibracora. And you, ready? Down you go. I don't see how this would happen. We scanned. Every preparation was fine, normal. Maybe it's not a rock. Maybe it's some type of debris. Plastics or metal. Something less dense that didn't show up in the scans. A study of the past, thwarted by the present. I see Alex's line moving toward the corner. Anything on the video feed yet? She's moving into frame. Now! What's she doing? Attempting manual separation. She thinks she can pry it free. Well, she gave up quickly. We all knew it wouldn't be that easy. There. The second line is attached. Looks like she attached it to the foreign object along with the net. And that's your case signal. Uh, I'll pilot the ROB back to the recovery. Go help Alex from the side. mid-recovery, Captain, but we will keep an eye out. Look, just on the surface. Looks like they swim right under us. What do you think they are? You can't tell from this far, just more fish. Oh, wow. I'm not sure the Vibracora will make it out of this one. We have replacement parts as the need arises, which we have. Well, let's get this cleaned up. Franco, go help Charlie. Franco, go help Charlie with a hose. Oh, shit. 
You are clear to approach, but use caution. Cranes are shut down. The line on the object has slack, but the fiber corer is stuck about half a meter off the deck and is still suspended. I'll secure it from the sides, but it will have some sway until we can free it and get it flat on the platform. Can we drop the water sample from another platform? Not easily. My recommendation would be to fix this, get the core, then take the water sample. This is the only platform I've run all the checks for. And this looks like I'll need to be watching it for when it's ready to release. Launching again might not even be possible after this. How are things going down there? Are we still planning on stopping here overnight? What should I say? Give me the radio. We just recovered the Vibracora, Captain. It's in bad condition. It looks like we need to replace and repair before coring and heading off again. Best bet has us here for the night. Worst, maybe a couple. Alright, Doc. Sounds good to me. Keep me updated. Alright then. Charlie, Franco, get it watered down and let's see what we're dealing with. Now, Franco! Turning it on! How did it even get out here? Dumping? That should have shown up on the scans. That's stone. Marble, maybe. Whatever it is, it should have shown up. <sighs> Fibrocore is going to need a lot of work. Shit. Oscar, do we even have these parts? I think so. I can check. <sighs> what do you think this is supposed to be? Some kind of shell. A crab, maybe. <sighs> well, let's get to work. We need replacement parts. Alex, could you bring the welding kit? That audio recording was accompanied by these photos. I took those. They were part of my instant report. Yes, so... Yeah? Could you read this section of your report for the recording? Sure. Addendum to record for sediment core draw, number 7, March 2nd, notes at 1552 local time. Instant report. The G2000 6-meter vibracoring system was launched at the recorded location, but hit a previously unobserved object approximately 2 meters before reaching the intended seabed depth. At point of impact, the on-equipment subsea video monitoring camera was knocked ajar. The stabilizing legs became entangled with the struck object, and we began retraction of the vibracorer. The weight of the corer and the object was deemed dangerous to haul out of the water without additional support. A small ROV camera was launched to make an assessment. Then the crane technician, Alex Lai, dove to attach additional net and winch cable. This allowed for safe movement of the damaged Cora and the entangled object to platform. The object, lodged under the legs, did not allow for the Cora to rest safely on the platform. Alex Lai and Charlie, our deckhand, secure the Cora with additional lines to stop it from swaying. Upon safe retrieval, the core and object were sprayed with seawater to wash away debris, revealing the object and the extent of the damage to the vibracora. The object is a statue made of black stone, something that should have shown up on the scans. More details to come. It has several carved protrusions, and these were what have become lodged in the core's stabilizing legs and frame. The statue appears to resemble a crab, but in a geometric style. Even so, the leg protrusions were caught in the frame and leg, 
causing damage and warping the metal. We proceeded to collect the needed replacement parts, including new tubular aluminium alloy stabilising legs, but have been unable to dislodge the statue so far. That's all you gave me from that report, but I wrote more. The rest was deemed unnecessary, it seems. What were the additional notes about? The equipment we would need to replace the damaged Cora parts, and a log of those parts we plan to use. I guess that's not really interesting here. You want the parts about the statue? I am just here to review what was sent over. The next appears to be a video log. Are you ready to begin? Which video log? Deck video from an aft camera 2. Audio as well. Not great quality, or so it is noted here. The video was mounted near the cranes, so anything near the crane should be audible. But there's also an included transcript if we need it. I was told the deck videos all shut down. They do, but it was still operable at this point. Lucky you. (sighs) Or unlucky. You'll be the judge in the end. Begin at your leisure. Larry takes it out of me. Unless you need me, the crane is secure, and I'll be right inside the door taking a nap. Wake me if you think you're near getting it free, or if it begins to sway. I'm serious, wake me up. My sleep isn't more important than undamaged equipment or lack of injury reports. Thanks, Alex. Rest up. We will need you in a bit if we can't break the damn thing. Where do we start? I'm writing up the incident report. Give me a moment to take some photos of it attached to the Vibracora, then we can work to remove it. Did Alex get the welding kit? Doesn't look like it. I'll get it. Bring me the reeds from the pre-launch scan again, Franco. Yes, I have them here. I was supposed to be in the clear. Nothing was so close. Here, though, uphill at about 1,500 metres, we saw an object that looks to be the same size could have slid downhill before the scan. That would need to be a quick slide. But we were in the clear to drop. That we can agree on. <laughs> Some cost, right? <sighs> well, let's get the documentation done. Then we can get back on schedule. Franco, can you clear off that remaining debris? Of course, Dr. Murray. So, I get a bit confused. Alex is listed as a crane technician, as you said before, but what did this young Franco do? And Oscar, is that Dr. Oscar Flores? Hmm? Yes, uh, Dr. Oscar Flores, chemical oceanographer. He was on contract with the Shifton Oceanic Institute, like myself. Franco was our lab technician. Franco Reed. Let's continue. Of course, Dr. Murray. This one stinks. I'm really not sure all of this is seaweed. I mean, ow! Hey, are you alright? Yeah, all fine. Just not paying attention. I'll be more careful. Man, this thing is creepy. If I had this in my house, I'd dump it in the ocean too. Is that the welding kit? Yes, and by the look of those bends, we're going to need it. I should probably fetch the replacement legs, too. 
Either Doc given the order yet? Not yet. All this stuff needs clearing first, but I've got this covered. Maybe just get the parts? They're pouring over those charts like it'll change the past. <laughs> yeah, I'll be back. <sighs> Cook just got me on the radio. Food's up. The docks are already heading in. Work will be here when we get back. Great. I could do with something to eat. Just no more of that weird stew. Maybe some of that chili he kept promising. The next recording is from the same camera, about two and a half hours later. Marked March 2nd, 1902, long dinner. The crew liked big meals. Lots of chatting, some entertainment. Not a lot to do out on those boats when you're not working. So dinners were our fun. Lunch lesser. And this Charlie, is that Charlie Lord? They're not listed in the research crew. Charlie was boat crew, deck crew, but worked with Alex on almost everything to do with launch and recovery. Ended up with us almost every time we were on deck. May I have some more coffee? Thank you. Let's continue. Franco, get the final parts cleaned off and let's get this done. I don't think we'll get to any replacement work tonight at this rate. Not too much left now. Hey, Charlie, can you get the deck lights on? It's starting to get dark. I gotcha. What was that? Amelia, Charlie, Alex, anyone see what that was? No idea, nothing's missing. No idea. That's the last of the seaweed. Hmm, this part is, um, I don't know, crab leg or claw. It got stuck in the leg and core frame. If we're able to free it of the leg, the core frame should be undamaged. Back here, it also seems wedged in the leg. At this point, we can snap the statue here, or we can just work on removing the already broken legs and see how far that dislodges it. Whatever we do... We can't lift it again. Uh, not without the frame being damaged by this part here. Ah, Careful, ah. Dr. Flores. Those edges are sharper than they look. It got me earlier. Así parece. <clears throat> Let's try to dislodge the statue first thing tomorrow morning. Otherwise, we can start removing the broken quarter parts. This leg first. Either way, I think we'll need Alex to lift some weight carefully. And she's not working until morning at this point. What is that noise? Over here! Oh. They float when they're dead. That's the last of the deck videos. But it does not show what you could all see over the side of the ship. It was a sperm whale. It had floated up near the Aluka. We watched it for a while. It was just... dead. We hadn't seen it approach, so... We think it bubbled up. No blood or predation marks yet, so it must have died recently. We concluded, hopefully, of a ripe old age. We thought we may have hit it for a moment, but then we remembered we weren't moving. We had a bit of a conversation about decomposition gases building up, but 
Alex told us that sperm whales are naturally more buoyant and can float when dead. They range that far south? I thought they avoided colder waters. It was not too cold. It was March. That's warm down there. It was late summer, early autumn for that trip, and it's not like we were so close to Antarctica that we were in the ice flow. When we told the captain, though, we found out it was rather strange. Apparently sperm whales are almost never seen off of Australia's southern coast. But we were so far out in the southern ocean, we didn't think much of it. It was late after that. We watched the whale float in the sunset, then called it a night. Not interesting enough for you yet? It's only yes. How did you feel on board at this point? We were doing well. We were prepared for the repair work. The crew got along well enough. We could expect the expectable problems. If I were a spiritual type, I maybe would have prepared. Omens of a coming tide. Something of the like. The next recording is dated for March 4th. What happened to March 3rd? Some bad weather had rolled in that evening. We had seen the clouds while watching the sunset, and they grew more throughout the night. The next day we had heavy waves and rain. Nothing dangerous, but not optimal working conditions. We worked in the wet lab most of the day, getting through some samples from the days before, looking at data and replying to student inquiries. Student inquiries? High schools and middle schools across the globe would send us questions about our work on the ocean. And we would record short videos for them to play in their science courses. Part of the shift in educational program. None of those videos were included in the files I received. They wouldn't pertain to any of this. It was mostly questions like, what do you learn from deep ocean cores? How can water samples change over time? Basic information. Can you remember anything of note that may have happened on March 3rd that was not recorded? The sperm whale eventually floated away. It didn't sink, but just left. It was strange when one of the crew members noted how nothing had come to eat it. I don't remember seeing any birds, not the previous evening. Not on the 3rd or the 4th. A dead whale should have been a dinner bell, certainly. Which crew member was this? I don't remember. There are about 25 or so crew. The Aluka's a big ship, and we weren't the only research crew either. Maybe it was a climatology grad student. Name was Sean or Dean, something like that. What a great ship. The Aluka was responsible for millions and millions of dollars worth of new oceanic data every year. Once you got over the seasickness, it was perfect. Even our cook was fantastic. This next piece appears to be a personal recording made by Franco Reed. It may present personal information, things you were never meant to hear. Recorded on his personal phone, March 4th at 9.12am. He hadn't come to breakfast that morning. We didn't see him until we went to fetch him for the work on the Cora. This is before that? Let's find out. Something's wrong. I feel like shit. I thought I had some seasickness again last night. Seeing that dead whale didn't help. Fuck. I've got chills even when I stand out in the hot sun. It feels like my skin is crawling. 
Sometimes I see these tracks in my vision that I can't seem to shake. The sun did feel good though. Maybe it was the fresh air. Can't stomach anything. Cook made pancakes this morning, but I couldn't imagine getting anywhere near the kitchen. Maybe it's seasickness. First two days on this boat, I threw up everything I ate. Maybe this is just my body's way of telling me not to fill up again. <laughs> Franco, rice and shine. We have work on deck with a statue. We want the Bible back in the water by tomorrow at the latest. You in there? Yes, Dr. Flores. <laughs> yes, Dr. Flores. I'm feeling a little under the weather today, though. Okay, uh, get out on deck and sit down. You look pale. Fresh air and some water will do you good. If anything, you can give some orders to Charlie and we can get most of the work done. Sitting down here in the dark won't help you, though. Yes, sounds good. I'll be up in a couple of minutes. The next included document is a report from part of that day's work. If I remember correctly, we gave the job to Franco. He needed to sit down, so we let him document everything as we went along. Would you read this section for the recording? Times included? I don't mind. Um. March 4th. Work on the repair of the Vibracora due to damage caused by landing on a stone statue during sediment core draw number 7. All times are local. 9.30. Assessment of the Vibracora by Dr. Moray and Dr. Flores, with assistance from the Aluka crane technician Alex Lai, has determined the best course of action may be to attempt to break the statue at one of the appendage points, freeing the first of the two stuck and damaged stabilizing legs. 9.56. Dr. Murray has attempted to sample the statue, but was unsuccessful in removing a piece of the stone. Charlie has been sent to get a crowbar and a sledgehammer. 10.15. After multiple attempts by Dr. Murray, Dr. Flores and crew member Jason, strongest crew member we could find, the appendage of the statue is still unbroken. Jason did inflict some additional damage to the aluminium of the stabilizing leg, but it was already damaged and in need of replacement before we started. 10.22. Dr. Murray returned with a geological testing kit from the lab. 10.35. Current assessments are still unclear. Dr. Flores cleaned a portion of the statue for a luster test while she was gone. Upon her return, she was unable to determine if the exact luster was that of submetallic adamantine or, at points, possibly vitreous luster. It is possible the statue was at one point polished. Attempts were then made to determine the statue's hardness using a scratch kit. Dr. Murray began at level 5 and continued up to level 9. A 9-tip was unable to scratch the statue and Dr. Murray... Can I just explain this part? Franco was just writing what I was saying here. It's strange reading about myself in the third person. You can explain if you would like, but it will need to be read. There's not a lot left. A nine-tip was unable to scratch the statue, and Dr. Murray made possible assumptions of the statue's materials, though she was apprehensive in her guessing. Tungsten carbine or corundum? 1057. After much discussion, it has been determined that we will start removing the stabilizing legs to dislodge the statue. 
This may cause more damage to the Vibracora, but it is the only current course of action. It stops there. <clears throat> what did you want to add? It's not that I was apprehensive in guessing what the statue was made from. It was that I didn't know. I'm a geological oceanographer. I have not encountered anything like that statue in all my time working in geology. It was massive, and so perfectly carved, but of such a dark, shiny black material that I had very few possible options. Everyone wanted answers I didn't have. Don't have. And why did it stop there, the documentation? Franco got sick rather quickly. It was all quite frantic. He said he was nauseous, understandably, but then he dropped everything on deck and ran off. Oscar picked everything up, and soon after he seemed rather upset at something, and he told us he was going to work in the lab for a while. At that point, Alex, Charlie, and I started on the work needed to remove the first of the two stabilizing legs, which meant netting up the statue and craning it up to relieve the leg of some weight. With everyone working, no one was there to take notes. The final recording I have from March 4th is very late into the evening. At this point, the deck cameras were no longer operational. Is there anything else you remember from that day you believe is worth mentioning? A crew member had told us about the camera issue during lunch over some coffee. The cook had made a three-bean chili for dinner. What is the final recording? Says it came from the phone of crew member Alan Dover. He had set up his phone to record the sunset. Lovely sunset aside. Any idea on what that was about? A few. All speculation. The next recording comes from the morning of March 5th, recorded by deck crew Charlie. I think I remember someone recording that morning. This is bonkers. There's no way it was like this. Alex, did you rig this up early this morning? <sighs> what? No. I just got up here. Everything is the way I left it, which is good because if anyone touched my cranes, you'd be fetching them from a saltwater bath. What's wrong then? Bit strange to say. But that's not where we left the statue last night. Well, at least I'm not the only one thinking it. But... <sighs> Look, when we took the stabilizing legs off, we dropped the statue here. And now, it's here. Well, the Vibracora has not moved. That's my job, and it's fine. When am I going to be able to set it back down? Once we get the replacement legs on. Great, when is that going to be? Well, um, Charlie, do you have those legs? <laughs> but really, who moved the rock? <clears throat> we need to get to work. Charlie, get set up to weld the new legs on. We still need to replace the camera, too. What? No, Doc, it's still operational. We checked it on the way up. I can remount the camera and the box once the new legs are on. Okay, where are we with scoring launch, Charlie? 
The damaged legs are off, Captain, and we're about to start welding the replacements on. No update on the timeline yet for the launch itself. Lovely. Well, I'm giving you a timeline. Two days. We've got a bad line of weather heading this way, so get it done. I'm getting some upset looks from the dock. <laughs> Here she is. We'll need to stay in the area for the coring process, but we can't rush the repairs. If we move off, the depth drops beyond 2,000 meters and the vibro core isn't rated for deeper than 2,000 meters. I understand that, Doc, and there is a chance that the weather will lead to nothing, but I aim to prepare for it being worse off. Get it done. Charlie's a hellion with a welding torch, so no excuses now, yeah? <sighs> right. Bollocks. Charlie, let's get to work on the legs. Where's Oscar? Alex, can you find Oscar? Yeah, sure. I'm grabbing a coffee, too. Anyone want some? No? All right. Well, let's get to it then, Charlie. Did you believe the statue had moved? No doubt. How far would you estimate it had moved? A meter and a half, maybe two. Toward the center of the deck. I checked for scratching marks, but either the metal coating was very durable or the statue wasn't dragged under its full weight. <laughs> the next included document is this visualization of the rescan of the ocean floor near the Aluka. Please, explain this to me. Why was this done? What am I looking for? The work Charlie and I had ahead of us took hours. To speed up the process of pre-launch, once the vibracora was repaired, Oscar and Alex ran the rescan to check for obstructions on the floor. That's when we saw these. Those marks? Those represent changes in density, measuring about 70 to 90 centimetres wide, so really very small in the scale of the original. As you can see... They are approximately square or rectangular in shape and very dense. Far too dense to drop the vibracore on. And about the same size as the statue we've dredged up already. So you believe that every single one of these points, all 47, were similar statues? Like a dump site? Possibly. I don't think so now, but... There's always litter, debris, pollution, carcasses, rocks, sunken vessels. The oceans are filled with so much stuff, it's all rather unceremonious in the end. Then why is this included? To prove you had made an error? No, because we didn't. None of those rocks were there the last time we scanned. This is the same area, same depth and gradient. Whatever was on our ship at that point, that statue, there were many, many more over a thousand meters below us. How do you believe these objects got there? We thought about that. We thought that perhaps they had been buried under the seafloor until recently, and some kind of event, perhaps current strengthening or pattern changes exposed them. But we should have seen something. Then Alex cracked a joke. Something about them having walked there. I don't remember. But I didn't think it was very funny. <sighs> we thought about moving, but... This area was the first time we'd come upon depths less than 2,000 metres in over four days. 
We had shit tons of water samples, but this was only our seventh deep sea coring attempt. So we decided to move slightly. So as to aim for this open area here. At least that was the intention. And your lab technician? You have not mentioned Franco in some time. He is not in the recordings. He was feeling worse with time. We were sitting having drinks and going over the scans during lunch when he came out for some food. He was sweating, sat down with us to drink cold water and eat a few measly bites of bread. I didn't have the heart to ask him to work. It reminded me of when my son had pneumonia. You have children, Dr. Murray? A son. He's 19 now. Studying physics at the University of Durham. Worked out well. My ex-husband lives up there, so... I know someone can take care of him. Even when I'm out on long trips. That's good to hear. Now, this next recording was a personal recording for Alex. Was she not with you during your later discussions? Uh, I know she helped Oscar run the scans, but... I don't think she was with us for the lunch discussion. This one is time-marked for... 12.37. A section of a personal recording by Alex Lai. Your mother tells me you're growing up so quickly. She said you like birds and flowers. I cannot get you a gift until I get home. But when I was a little girl, I loved the poem about flowers and birds. Hmm? Now, do not make fun of your auntie. I will do my best. This poem is Spring Dawn by Meng Haoran. Spring dawn arrives unnoticed in my slumber, till I hear birds twittering everywhere. It springs to mind a storm rage through overnight. Off it blew how many flowers, I wonder. Chun mian bu jue xiao, chu chu wen ti niao, ye lai feng yu sheng, hua luo zhi duo shao. Ming mei, shen zi kuai le, ni jiang de hao kuai o, ni ba ma hao xing yun, wo ye hao xing yun. Oh, hey, Franco. Franco? Are you feeling any better? Well, off you go then. Is that how Franco looked when you saw him last? No. He looked so healthy there. What was Alex saying? She sounded happy. My team says it was a poem to her niece for the girl's birthday. Mm. Earlier, you said it was the intention to continue the coring work. Did that not happen? Things quickly... How was it you put it? Turned to shit. The next is recorded from your own phone, Dr. Murray. Then I think I know where we are. What made you think to record? It seemed important at the time. It was a unique experience. You can hit play whenever you're ready. Roger just got these readings. I called up for you as soon as I had time to review it. Look at this change, here. I heard you calling for Dr. Murray. Is something wrong? Readings, hydrothermal, here. Look at that. 
Given what was that? Given our position, we're near the southeast Indian ridge, but what I mean is we're along the ridge, and whilst there's no documented hydrothermal vent at our location, it doesn't mean there couldn't be some... some hydrothermal activity. Perhaps a seismic event. Amelia, Franco, we need to launch for water samples now before the mass hydrothermal waters dissipate. Alex, Charlie, anyone hear me? Yes? We need to launch the water rosette soon. Quick soon. Even if we need to use a different crane. Is something wrong? Did something happen? Megaliters of hydrothermal water just poured out of the seafloor into the water below us. We need to get samples. And the echo sounders. We should run again. If you think this was due to a seismic event, we should rescan. We have comparatives for the area pre-event. Good idea. Hey, Roger! Run the scans again now! I want them running while we're up on deck. We need to hurry up before it's too far diluted. Come on, now! Sure, yes. Franco, are you okay to be out of bed? You look terrible. I don't feel great, but I can't stand doing nothing. I won't be much help, though. You don't need to be. You can, of course, come on deck, but please don't push yourself too hard. Sun, so warm. What are you all doing just standing about? You, you said we have to, to work to. Where's the statue? I was just asking the same thing. Charlie just went to ask about the deck videos. Ah, la cresta. No viene aquí por una estatua de todos Alex, can you start preparing the other crane for lunch? We need that rosette in the water as soon as possible. What is that? What now? The thermal event must have released a pocket of subsea gases. It looks like it's boiling. Okay, apparently the deck video cameras are still down. So we don't have any clues as to where the statue got off to. What's everyone looking at? Oh. When did this start? Just now. Man, Franco. You look like shit. I feel like shit, too. Do we think it went overboard? The statue? All right, Doc. Crane's ready to run. Help me get the rosette in position. We need to get the samples drawn. Alex, Charlie, help me out with the rosette. Franco, go back to the lab and check on those scans. I have a few questions before we continue. I thought you would. I know you said it is unusual for people to sit in on these, but in this case I thought it almost a requisite. I can see that now. So, first, whom were you speaking to about the echo sounding while in the lab? Roger. Roger, um, Burns, I think. He was one of the equipment technicians. Australian, not too chatty. Oh, I see, uh, No, I don't think Roger was in almost any recordings. He didn't enjoy working the deck launches. He preferred the equipment controlled in the labs. He was in the background of an earlier video, but yes. No way we could have done all that work with so much equipment with just, what, five people? I have the crew list. I just wanted some information on his duties. I do not believe we ever recovered a cellular device from him. What about the bubbling? It must have been a sizable event to release so much heat and gas. I do not have any documents regarding the sampling results. You won't find any results. 
but I do believe your questions will be answered soon. This is the next included document. It appears to be another scan, similar to the one from before. What am I looking for here? Remember all those small marks that I pointed out in the earlier document? The dense objects we should have seen. Well, if you look at this here and zoom in, you'll see this is the same area as before. This here is new. A fissure. So, yes, some kind of event had changed the seafloor below us. And the marks from before. The objects we thought might be other statues. They're no longer there. Possibly covered by debris, but the density... They're gone. You seem upset. I had not had significant time to look over these scans previously. I think I preferred it as such. The next recording is another from your phone. Do you know which recording it is? Most likely. Anything I should know before we begin? I was walking back into the ship, heading for the lab. I was taking audio notes while heading there. I've been doing that a lot after getting a smartphone a year or so ago. I still do. That's it? Let's start then. Although it is possible recent geological activity could have disturbed our chosen coring location, we will need to assess that after we have the new echo soundings. Our upcoming attempts to recall for number seven... What was that? Branco? Branco? Branco, I can't get in the lab. Are you okay? Open the door. Branco, open the door. Shit. Franco, I'm going to get the others. Please open the door. Alex, Charlie, something is wrong with Franco. I think he needs our help, but I can't get the door open. Can Can you hurry, please? Thank you. By that point, Alex, Charlie, Oscar and I ran back to the lab. Roger was standing outside. He told us that when Franco came in, he had vomited. And... Roger had left to get him some water. Sometime between him leaving and my arrival, Franco had shut and blocked the door. We could see him through the door. He was covered in sweat and running hot water along his arms. (laughs) We could see the steam even at a distance. It was scrubbing his arms, throwing hot water on his face, but then he was wiping at his arms. Part of the skin peeled off, no blood, just off. And it looked black, like necrotic flesh, like a fish, maybe. It was so sick. At least at first. Do you need a break? Just a quick break, yeah, thanks. Are you ready to begin again? Dr. Murray? More coffee, perhaps? Tea, perhaps. Green is all we have.
It seems we are still listening to your recording. It appears many of these remaining recordings seem to have come from your phone. Yes, I even deleted some older files to free up space. It all needed to be recorded. <laughs> Who would believe me otherwise? <sighs> Just hit play. Franco, let us in! I thought this couldn't be locked from inside. I think he blocked it somehow. Charlie, can we get this door off? He's hurting himself. I think he's delirious. Give me a moment. Captain, this is Charlie. We have an issue with the lab and the lab tech. Franco, please respond. What's wrong, Charlie? Can't keep those docks in check? Franco got real sick. He seems to be delirious. He locked himself in the wet lab. Do I have permission to remove the door? Can you put it back on? Sure can. Thank you. Get it sorted. I'll be right back with some tools. Try to talk to Franco. Franco, can you hear me? Turn the water off. I'll get caught on the medical kit. Keep trying to stop him. You look tired. Try taking a rest for a bit. What's happening to his arm? Everyone away from the door. Back up, back up, back up. Franco! Franco, stop. Calm down. What's wrong with him? I found Scott. He'll help Franco. But we have another problem. Let him work. Come with me. What now? Please help Franco. Charlie, stay here. Alex, come with us. the event not ended? It hasn't hit you yet, then. <laughs> oh, what is that? I don't know. Look, we Where did they come from? Oscar. Get inside. Get inside. <coughs> Shit, where did the birds even come from? Uh, we haven't seen any in days. But if they saw the ship out here, we would be the closest thing to land for miles. They're not landing, Oscar. They're dying. What was that smell? Gases from the hydrothermal event. It seems it was far more than we originally thought. Is it the gases bringing down the birds? Did it kill all the fish, too? I don't know. I never got the water sample. Now I'm worried it's unsafe to go out and get one. Some of the... Birds. Holy shit, there's a lot of birds. Charlie, you got Doc Flores with you? Uh, yes, Cap, here he is. Yes, Captain? Looks like some signs of the apocalypse out there. I have crew on deck. Should I call them in? Yes, for now. We don't know much yet, but let's stay cautious. Got it. What are they? Petrels. See the vomit? It's going to smell even worse once the air clears up. They have a foul-smelling stomach oil. Oh, shit. I'm gonna be cleaning it up. Franco. What's going on out there? How's Franco? Not good. Hey, stop. Let's call work. Franco's burning up, but it's worse. Something's wrong with his skin. Let me see him. That's the end of that section. I turned it off. I needed my hands. I wanted to help Franco. Not that I knew how to or could. What did you think of the birds? I did not have enough time to think too much of them. Or the fish. 
We had ourselves to worry about. Oscar thought it was whatever gases were escaping from the event. He said it must be light and moved quickly once free of the water. As it entered the air above the boat, we could smell something, but it didn't harm us as it did the birds. Is that what you wanted to know? I can't speak to the type of gases. We didn't get to run tests. Right. The next is a written report from the Eluka on-crew medic Scott Birchall. Would you read it for the record? I can certainly try. <clears throat> Patient Franco Reed. Male 27. Date March 5th. Patient presented with a high fever, sweating, frantic actions and self-harm. Patient was found in the wet lab, running hot water over his arms and scratching at his skin. When the patient had removed some skin from his arm, there was a section of blackened flesh revealed beneath the skin. Temperature taken at 1423, 41 degrees centigrade. The patient constantly tried to turn the hot water back on, kept complaining about being too cold. His skin felt very warm to the touch and far too soft. I tried to examine the injury to his arm and possibly infected wound, but he was adamant not to be further examined. Patient refused to use the cooling blanket and refused to drink cold liquids. I was able to give him medication. 1,000 milligrams acetaminophen for fever, 800 milligrams ibuprofen for pain, and moxifloxacin 400 milligrams PO for the possible wound infection. Temperature taken at 1453, 42.3 degrees. With aid from crew, patient... Patient was tricked into the walk-in freezer in an attempt to lower his temperature. During the short walk to the kitchen, the patient lost. Are you all right, Dr. Murray? Perhaps you could finish this account yourself, Mr. Anderson. <clears throat> During the short walk to the kitchen, the patient lost several teeth. They appeared to fall right from his gums. He was delirious, and after we were able to place him in the freezer, he began to scratch at the door. His nails detached from the nail beds. More black flesh has become visible under the topmost layer of failing dermis. When asked, the patient said he felt like his skin was crawling, and he felt cold. It stops there. Scott didn't know how to write about what was happening, I expect. He wasn't prepared. I know none of us were. And how would you describe it? Everything that was Franco was falling away. I can see so far that we will not have an issue. But it seems there are still files my team believes I should review. I remember this all clearly, and I would caution you. But I think you will continue regardless. Continuing. From your phone again. <laughs> Too inquisitive for my own good. What's wrong with him? 
How do we help him? Too cold. Please. I need warmth. Amelia, this is madness. We need to let him out. Where did Scott go? I, um, I don't know. I... A way to vomit, I reckon. This makes no sense. Are the birds still falling? Uh, yes, and more fish have floated up. I'm not sure if it's safe to go outside. Wait here. Keep an eye on Franco. Do you think it's contagious? Before Scott ran off, he gave Franco antibiotics. If it's an infection, we could catch it. We sat down with him earlier today, at lunch. What do we tell the rest of the crew? Has anyone told the captain yet? Perhaps that's where Scott is now. Yeah. What's that his hand? Shouldn't... I mean, there should be blood, right? His skin is off. I checked the deck from the windows. The birds are not falling anymore, but the statue's back. Right, everyone. We need to keep the captain informed about Franco, and he can decide how to tell the rest of the crew. Scott's not back, so we need to keep an eye on him, but... You are right to be cautious. I am not sure if what he has is contagious, but it certainly is affecting him and his behavior may put us at risk. Charlie, can you stay with him? You don't need to go inside, but if you need anything, call up on the radio. We will go speak with the captain. Let's try to get this sorted quickly. Franco needs medical attention more than we can give him a board. Charlie? What do I tell the rest when they start walking in the kitchen? Cook's been wondering for hours. Like I said, the captain will decide. We need to hurry. <clears throat> captain, we need to speak with you. Can't say I want to hear it, Doc. Already got problems enough. Scott come up here to see you. Scott, no. Now, what's so urgent? I've got animals dying above and below my ship and broken systems to deal with, so hurry up. What broken systems? Franco is ill. Very ill, and he needs medical treatment. Scott didn't seem to know what was wrong with him, and it's getting worse by the hour. What kind of illness? Where is he? His skin... His skin appears to be... falling off. He has lost several teeth, and his fever last it was measured was 42 degrees. Scott had us put him in the freezer unit for now. What are you not telling me, Doc? I've never seen anything like it, and I never want to see it again. The skin started coming off his face, and we picked up his teeth. He's acting erratically. We shut him in the freezer alone. We're not confident he's safe to be around. Will you excuse me? What broken systems, Captain? What's going on? Our weather systems are fucked up. Every reading tells me we need to leave and prepare for foul weather. But none of the communications I've had with other vessels or ports have reported anything foul. But that was yesterday. And I haven't heard a click over the radio since. So, no storms headed this way? Not a clue. But, if you're looking for the best place on Earth to watch dead shit fall from the sky, you're on the right boat, Doc. At least the sea stopped boiling... That was escaping gases, not boiling. And the bird deaths have stopped. Oscar said the statue is back too. Either way, Franco needs help and I believe we should get out of here. This place is foul. What are you talking about? Statue? 
Alex, we still have a half-repaired, six-metre-tall vibrochorus sitting untethered on deck. Before it was, we got to stay here. Now you both come telling me to hightail it back to port. Go find Scott, check on Franco, and give me a timeline. Find out if the deck is safe and get out there to secure the vibrocora. It needs to be secure before we start back. You do seem to stand around a lot for people who told me we had an urgent medical matter to attend to. Right. I can get the vibrocora secured in about 20 minutes, but I need to know if the air is really safe. I don't know where he went off to, him or Scott. How are we going to... Ah! Charlie, why are you not with Frank? You called me. Well, Alex did. No, I didn't. But I could use your help on deck. We need to secure the vibrocora. Can we go out there? What about the gas? Bit of a dumb idea, maybe, but... Alex, can you just wear your scuba gear and get it done as soon as possible? I'll try to find Oscar, but... Our chemical testers only work on water samples. I have everything recorded, so if anything comes back to bite me in the arse, I, I just have to accept that. Charlie, how was Franco when you left him? Actually, can I talk with you about that? Mm. Private? For a moment? I'll give it a go and be out on deck. If you see Scott, tell him he might have a second patient soon. Uh, privately, Amelia. Right, yes. Sorry. And what did you and Charlie discuss? A few things. Franco, the statue, the animals. Concerning things. Please, elaborate. Charlie was certain Alex had been calling out. Could not be convinced otherwise. Then there was Franco. Apparently his actions had become more erratic. And I'm sure all of this must be on the next recording. I know Oscar recorded what happened next. Why have me say it? You are right. Let's continue with this. It is meant to be a video. But it appears it was too dark for much to be seen. The audio is very telling, though. It is from that evening, 1921. That's not Franco anymore. Look at the Barrett. No dejaré que suceda. No puedo. No a mí.
Are you ready to begin again? We are nearing the end of the included documents, so it should not be much longer. <laughs> I would think so. Yes, why not? Before we go on, can you clarify what was happening in the last recording? The video was unfortunately dark, but I could hear that you were there. Um, we are gathered in the kitchen. The rest of the crew, Captain and Charlie, tried to keep out, so it was us. As we already knew about Franco. Franco was changing. We could hear his bones. His teeth had all come out. Well, it wasn't Franco anymore. When he was in the freezer window, he... It clawed at where it could see us, so... We locked it up, barred it in. We turned off the lights in the kitchen so it couldn't see us again. By the time Oscar fled the room, you heard him. By that time, Franco's skin was black and it shone in any light. I've never seen anything. Let's get to the end of this. Shouldn't someone be looking for Scott? I think this is beyond what Scott could help with now, Charlie. Charlie, get the captain on the radio, please. Captain. Captain, this is Charlie. In the kitchen. I've got the dock for you. Frank has gone, Captain. But it's worse than that, I'm afraid. Sorry to hear it, Doc. Franco was a good kid. I have a setback for the nearest port, but it's not like it's going to happen overnight. We'll get him home. But what do you mean by worse? Do you still think it's an infection, something contagious? It might be as far as I know. We need a medical doctor. Right. Give me a moment. We'll get this sorted. Here's Charlie. Still got a bunch of layabouts here, Captain. Think I'm joking. Piss off out of there and leave the dock bed. And Charlie, get up here and fill me in. I think I need to sit down. You are sitting down. Then I'm going to lay down. Dr. Murray? Amelia? Are you okay? What do we do? He's still in there. It is. I'm going to go take a look. Don't turn on the lights. It's in the corner of the freezer. I can't tell what it's doing now. I think it's breathing. But we should leave. Yeah, yeah, of course. 
Banker. He left the lab in a bit of a state, so I'll be in there tidying up and um, securing equipment for the return trip. It appears my team cut the recording in two here. A section 12 minutes long was removed. I had forgotten I was recording. Nothing of interest, certainly. It was 12 minutes of me sobbing and cleaning up the lab, if you want to know. I did. But looking back, why did you not put Franco in the hazmat locker? It would have been more secure. Or even the coring storage container. Those are thicker, stronger areas to have contained him. We were not trying to contain him, Mr. Einerson. We were trying to help him. Franco was a smart, kind, funny man. He was sick, so no, we didn't think to lock him up. We thought to try and call his fever by time until we could get him help. This is the last included recording. Franco escaped. We need to find him. Fuck. Captain, that sound was the freezer and kitchen door. Franco got out. Captain? Everyone get out of here. Clear the hall. Alex, go find the captain. He's on the boat. He's dangerous. Hmm? It's not safe. Wait, Oscar. Let's go. Fuck. Oscar. His skin. He... Oscar. He got infected. No, Oscar. Sorry, had to be like this. No, Oscar. Charlie, Alex, he's gone over. Charlie, anyone? Charlie. Everyone to port. Get eyes on Doctor Flores. Jason, alert the captain to a man overboard. You get a life ring. Don't come with me. just went up to tell the captain about Franco. Captain's dead, dog. It it was too much blood. We need to get everyone off the Iluka. Now. What if it was Franco? Franco? You said it was the captain. No, dog. I think Franco did it. We need to leave. We need to save Oscar. He, he, He jumped, he jumped Alex over the side. You saw his arm. He was falling apart like Franco. We need to save the rest of the crew. 
What, what can we do? What, what can I do? Help me prepare the lifeboat. Come. Doc, you dropped us. Thanks, Charlie. Alex told me about the captain. Uh, she thinks we should leave the Luca. She might be right. One of the crew just... Tommy found a corpse. He thinks it's Scott. Where's the statue? That ends abruptly. The phone died. It had been on for so long. Right. This concludes all of the documents that were recorded or written on board the Shifton Oceanic Institute research vessel Iluka that are deemed relevant by our team. Now that the relevant documents and recordings are concluded, there are only the concluding post-documents to review. The two lifeboats from the research vessel Iluka were picked up by rescue response crews on the evening of March 9th. It was very lucky, given the fair sea conditions and calm weather of those days, that the crews were able to reach you all so quickly. Yes, perhaps we were lucky in that regard, at least. The Southern Ocean is a very frightening space. It's scope alone. Anything could have gone wrong on craft so small. Well, you're all safe and sound now. Not all of us. Yes, I apologize. Of the original... 25 members of the ship's crew, three did not return. Captain of the Aluka, Stephen Riemann, the crew's medic, Scott Birchall, and crane technician, Alex Lai. Alex? From your recordings? How did she die? I'm not sure. We didn't see her, but we heard her. She was running the crane to the boats. There was a terrible sound of scratching metal. And she screamed. We set off after that. It was all very... urgent. We left the Aluka behind, and whatever was on it, Alex included. I was concerned, thought we should wait for her. But the others assured me she must have been dead. I could not stop the whole of the crew from leaving Alex behind. Not after everything. I'm sorry to hear you lost a friend. From what I heard, she was a very resourceful woman. (coughs) Of the 17 research crew on board the Iluka, 15 were recovered. Those who did not return were the lab technician Franco Reed and chemical geologist Dr. Oscar Flores. The bodies of Dr. Flores and Alex Lai were never found, but blood found on the main deck of the Iluka was revealed to be that of Alex Lai. The bodies of Captain Stephen Riemann and crew member Scott Birchall were found, both having been viciously attacked. Based on the examination of Captain Riemann's body, it appears he put up a decent fight. Scott Birchall, sadly, looked to have been caught unaware. I would expect nothing less of the captain. Reports believe it to have been some kind of large marine predator, though it does not speculate as to which one. 
As for Franco Reed, parts of his remains were found inside the kitchen's walk-in freezer unit. His teeth were collected and matched via dental records, and the pieces of remaining flesh, mostly external layers of dermis, were sent off for testing as well. This is, as you certainly know by now, the main evidence used to substantiate the rumors of cannibalism on the Aluka. We do not believe these rumors, but after the information reached the press, it was difficult to contain. People try to relate incomprehensible horrors by boiling it down to comprehensible terrors. I am not concerned. As for the ship, the research vessel Leluca was recovered several days later on March 14th. It was located near Cape Adari, Antarctica. It was subsequently refueled and piloted back to its home port at the seaport of Melbourne, Victoria. The damage to the Eluka was isolated to the freezer and kitchen areas. None of the labs, workshops, operational facilities or major equipment was damaged. Why did you not stay on board the Eluka? Would it not have been safer to eliminate the infected person from the ship than to risk days on the lifeboats in the middle of the Southern Ocean? Dr. Murray? Excuse me? Why leave the Eluka? It was in working condition, worth millions, and far safer than the lifeboats. The thing on board that was harming crew members could have been removed, and it would have been much safer for the crew. As I said before, it was very lucky that the rescue crews could reach you all so quickly. Stayed. Whatever had happened to Franco was not limited to him alone. (laughs) By the time Alex was readying the lifeboats, the crew was desperate to get off that ship. We might have had our own problems and strange happenings on the Aluka, but the crew seemed to have had their own, too. These were experienced, strong-willed people, Mr. Ineson. And many of them loved their work on the Aluka. They loved the Aluka. But those last few days had shaken everyone recorded or not. What we experienced, what Franco and Oscar suffered, what I survived. It was horrible, but certainly not a singular experience. No. By the time we were all looking over the edge for Oscar, we were all considering whether or not it was safer out in those waters. Those lifeboats looked like a way out. So a mystery. I would like to know more. I don't see how it's relevant. This is in regards to my experience and my actions. I hope they are sufficient. Yes. To the reason for this review... Given all the information presented here regarding the events of the Aluka that took place in March of 2010, I do believe that you, Dr. Amelia Murray, did not act in any manner that endangered the lives of the Aluka crew, nor in any manner to intentionally disrupt the research taking place upon the Shifton Oceanic Institute research vessel Aluka. Given this, I can conclude my review of your past employment with acceptable terms and formally extend the position of Head Geological Oceanographer for a Geologic Resource and Research Division here at Citra Group. None of what you heard raised any concerns about my actions? Not even what I said I saw? None of this is new to you, is it, Mr. Ineson? The deaths? The statues? Ranka? There are certainly things one would consider to be outside the normal parameters for scientific work, 
But nothing to stop me from considering you an apt candidate to fill the open position here at Sitja. You are a qualified, respected oceanographer with years of experience from which we could benefit. The happenings on the Yuluka were strange, and the rumors were laughable, but they should not stop you from further employment. And the recordings do appear to back your claims. While I am very glad to have been given this opportunity, I don't see a way forward with a company that begins a new professional relationship with such blatant dishonesty. I recently found a very new area of interest, which I hope to research, so I see very little opportunity to further those pursuits here. Thank you for your time and consideration, Mr. Anus, and I do hope you have a good day. And if we did have more to offer you, Dr. Murray, in this new area of particular interest, if we could provide you with information, means, and staff who knew of and were inspired by these similar studies? I would see the benefit in such work. So long as I never need to be in the Southern Ocean again. No. I do believe the position we are offering would be at our more northern offices. White Vault Eluca, written and created by K.A. Stats, produced and edited with sound design by Travis Vangro, mixed and mastered by Brandon Strader, starring Beth Iyer as Dr. Amelia Murray, Daniel Munoz as Dr. Oscar Flores, Angus Brennan as Franco Reed, Sam Yao as Alex Lai. Dallas Wheatley as Charlie Lord, Daniel Bunton as Captain Stephen Riemann, and Dagur Johannesson as Orne Einarsson. This production was made possible by you, our supporters. This is a Fool and Scholar production, and the White Vault is a trademark of Caitlin Stats. Thank you for your support. <laughs>